Welcome to Ours is the Fury, episode 33. My name's Ryan. Tim. I'm Kendra. And the season has begun. Officially. Officially. Snow still on the ground in Ottawa, but it was a beautiful 30 degrees down in Cary. 30 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit, mind you, not 30 degrees Celsius. Because that would be a miracle. It would be. So, we lost 3-1. Yep. Disappointing, but I think we can take away some positives from it. It's definitely an eventful game. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not too happy. Not, not not especially happy with the ref after it, the final whistle. Eventful is as a, a way to describe it. Uh, it was, yeah, the refing was questionable at times, and there were some really good things from the Fury, and then you know. But the result didn't go our way, so obviously there's a few things that we could work on. But, you know, first game of the season. Okay, we'll get to uh, some, some of the questionable calls that happened both ways, I have to say, in the game. But uh, maybe, Tim, if you could just run us through the starting lineup and then we'll see who the Fury started for the first game of their second season. So, uh, Pizer in Nets, no, uh, no shock there. And defense left to right was uh, Randolph making his Fury debut, Falvey making his Fury debut, Alves making his Fury debut, and uh, Ryan Richter on the right. Uh, midfield was kind of uh, who, whoever can play can play. Yeah, whoever's uh, healthy. Mizik making his, I think, his professional debut. De Guzman making his Fury debut, and Becky, who plays defense, has now, now played mid. Um, up front, Junior making his Fury debut, Wiedemann making his Fury debut and Carl Hayworth on the right. Yeah, it was, uh, so I thought they looked pretty good in the first half as far as uh, passing and uh, like just technical skill. There's a, there's We were watching all together at the, the Heart and Crown mm-hmm. on Preston Street, and there was a lot of oohs and ahs and cheers in the crowd uh, at the bar. You know, when, they, when they're doing certain passes, some flicks, some dummy passes, it, they looked pretty good there in the first half. Yeah, Hayworth looked really well in the first twenty minutes or so. Seemed like he, like he he played last week, or he's just continuing the season. It's not the start of the season, and uh, Junior looked really good. The midfield, kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's <was laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, so Julian De Guzman was with the team for how long? Two days before. Yeah, maybe two days. So I don't know how well they got how many times they got to practice or how many hours they got together. Uh, we're, you know, we're surprised to see him. We're glad to see him. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a mishmash of players in the midfield, though, because we didn't have Ustakio, who was suspended from last year, um, Nikki Patterson, who was also suspended from last year, and uh, Richie Ryan was injured, and also Ubi Parapovich was uh, injured as well. So it was kind of like, you know, whoever we have that can sort of play mid go in there <laughs> um, so we saw that's why we saw Drew Becky in there um, who it's I don't think it's a very natural position for him and he didn't seem you know too comfortable in that position to me but hmm. it's definitely an interesting lineup uh, Carolina 
Uh, they, they put out the players we thought they'd put out, what we mentioned last week. Uh, of course, I was saying watch out for Ty Shipolani. Yep. And who scores the first goal in the 11th minute. Uh, maybe, Tim, you could walk us through that goal, because for me, I, I didn't think, it, I thought he was passing it myself. Yeah, they they played it to him, and he was just kind of off the box, and there was not a defender around him. There was the, defense, the next defenseman was probably at the penalty spot. And then T. Shippelani kind of walked it in and walked to to the the line and cro- basically crossed it. And he said later he crossed it in and it just kind of found the back of the net. I guess it was windy. Yeah, they're going into the headwind at yeah. that point, right? So he he crossed it in. Uh, it looked like he was passing it. Crossed it in. I, it was coming down on Randolph's and Felvey's side, right on the right side. Yeah. And uh, not a defender in sight. The closest defender must have been three, four meters away at least. Yeah. And like completely uncovered. Yeah, I was just completely surprised at going in for it from everybody. And it really it really deflated the fury after that, I thought. Yeah, and not much else happened in the first half. There wasn't much for uh for calls. I think Drew Becky got a card in the first half. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't remember what oh, it was for. Um yeah, it was later in the half. I guess they they gave it up in the midfield, and Falvey made this tackle. It was way off, and then the forward got behind him, and Alves, tack- uh, yes. Alves tackled the guy from behind. So they got the free kick, and during the free kick, Becky, Becky kind of went halfway in right, and I blocked the kick, so they yeah. redid it, and he got a yellow for it. There was a couple of penalties, though, uh, in the first half. And they came, like, right after each other. So, like, the first one was in our favor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first one was in our favor. Um, I don't know if it was a penalty, to tell you the truth. And I'm not playing devil's advocate. I really don't think it was a penalty. It's Wiedemann, right? He went yeah. down. He seemed to go down pretty easily. Uh, not a lot of contact, but it was in the box. Yeah, it's kind of... It's, well, it wasn't one of those... It's a definite penalty. It's one of those... You know, 50-50 maybe. Sometimes you get the call, sometimes you won't get the call. But we got the call, and Hayworth stepped up, and yeah, didn't really do a good job of... Yeah, he, str- he struck it hard. Did he strike it that hard? He no. struck it in in the right corner, and uh, Hillstrup just read it. He, and, yeah. And he got it right away. It was, they were saying how good of a save it was and everything, but it looks like he just read it, like the start so it was essentially waist high I think it was closer to the center of the net than it was the post okay so not that hard of a save but here Hillstrup and I don't know would you call it a makeup penalty so it was uh, Drew Becky was covering I think it was Shipolani actually right and it was on yeah, Shipolani came down and Becky it's hard to say because there was never really a good angle of it and they never showed another angle of it it appeared to be that, outside it was definitely outside, but it appeared that Becky got the ball and then Shipolani fell over Becky after the ball had left. Oh, after the ball was yeah. already in control, and it kind of looked like a makeup call. I don't know. It was just it was it was an odd call. To, you know, that looked completely outside, like over the line for sure. And uh, so Nacho Novo, who was another guy we talked about last yep. week, we we're worried about. He took the, he took the PK and he converted it and that that was the difference there. Mm-hmm. 
So they were up 2-0 in the first half. Yeah, a big, a big change for the game then. You know, we could have tied it up, and now we're down 2-0 heading into halftime. Yeah, it was, it was kind of deflating uh, once again with everyone watching. And people were, were impressed by the skill, but they're like, oh, here we go again kind of feeling in the room. So the second half, uh, I, I think a different Fury team came out too, a little, little more hard pressing, a little more attacking. Yeah, I assumed uh, DeSantis gave kind of read him the right act because it seemed, <laughs> it seemed that everyone kind of a little more focused. The midfield seemed a little more, you know, a little more in unison. Patrick Misick, I thought, made some really good plays in the midfield. I thought he looked really strong in the second half especially. And he's super young, so I was pretty happy to see that. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what happened in the second half? The cards came flying out. Yep. I don't know how many cards there were in total, nine? Nine or ten, I guess ten if you count to Guzman's yellow-red. Yeah. There was a lot of cards. There was a lot of cards. Um, which is not, you know, which is nothing surprising for NASL. That, that just tends to be, I don't know, if it's our team that I just noticed this, but I noticed there's a lot of cards. There's also another game we're going to get to that was played, I think, this, yeah, the San Antonio-Tampa Bay game. Right. There was nine yellows and one red. Was that a similar thing? Because in our game, I think there was only 19 fouls total, but there was 10 cards, which seems like a high ratio. And it wasn't that physical of a game, and it wasn't like guys were going two-footed in on each other. They didn't, they didn't really look like they hated each other. It was just kind of like, oh, oops, sorry. And then yeah. the ref was like, ah, foul, oh, yellow card. card. It's like, what? Okay, great. Like, it didn't look that vicious of a game. Like, no. we've seen some vicious games last year, and this well, one didn't look that vicious. The Guzman cards weren't a foul related. The Becky yellow wasn't a foul related, so. Right. But yeah, um, speaking of cards and that that last penalty, surprised you didn't surprised Becky didn't get the red card there. Because yeah. I think if you foul a guy like that in the, in box. the box, last man back essentially should be a card at least. Yeah. I think, but. Yeah, at that moment, I was like, oh, no, we're going to lose <laughs> Becky. But there was no card shown, so that was So maybe it was either the ref going, oh, it wasn't really a foul, or maybe he was just kind of just not very good. But <laughs> we, I, we A, either dodged a bullet with not him not getting a red, or it was a complete you know, farce of, of a non-call. Yeah. Or maybe the ref was new or something. I don't know. Hmm. One of the interesting quotes uh, that was in the Ottawa Sun was about Mark DeSantos. He said, whenever we come down to the States, we have to play against 12 players. That's a bit harsh. It's a strong statement. <laughs> so, okay. so maybe, maybe he's just talking about the strong, the fans, strong American the away, fans. The, the support. The home fans, yeah. Mm -hmm. All 5,000 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's I'm, what he was talking about, right? The referee wasn't good this game, <laughs> but to say he was very, very Carolina, you know, favoring Carolina a lot, maybe not, because I don't think I think there's calls on uh, both sides that were uh, wrong. But we see we see bad we see bad refereeing in Ottawa, and sometimes it goes our way. Oh, yeah. And I think this game was called bad both ways. I just think 
uh, those cards are hurting us, right? And not having De Guzman next game is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not having, but uh, we'll get to the, what happened with De Guzman in a moment. But I just want to say something positive. I want to talk <laughs> about uh, they sub Mystic off, which I thought he had an amazing game. I thought I was really proud of him, and I thought it was a great game by him. But they brought on one of our new players, Costa Rican, uh, Brandon Paltrinari. Mm-hmm. And what does he do, like, one minute later? Less than a minute later. And 50 seconds later. <laughs> right. First touch on the ball. Yeah. So, Tim, uh, maybe you can explain the goal to us. And Yeah, I believe uh, Ryan Richter gave the ball to Paolo Jr. and just kind of crossed it in. And it looked like it was going to the, to the keeper, but it just kind of hung there. I guess the wind played his little tricks again, and uh, Polcinieri was there to kind of put it put it home yeah. to give us a goal and give us some kind of hope. At that yeah. point, I just saw him, like, running as fast <laughs> as he could towards the goal, and I was like, oh, wow, God, there it is. But, yeah, it was awesome. Not a bad debut. So he's everyone's favorite this week. He's getting a lot of attention. <laughs> but uh, a lot more attention when we win. So Yeah, awesome cross by Paolo Jr., who I thought had an amazing game. I was... I wasn't very high on him when he first signed because I knew his reputation he had in Fort Lauderdale. But he he was running around. He was beating guys. He was mm-hmm. attacking a ball when the, their defenders had it. He took the ball away from him a few times. Cross it. He looks like a really good crosser. And, you know, once maybe we get that midfield kind of set, that we can kind of use him and Oliver together and yeah. it'd be a... Uh, you know, fun little combo. Yeah, I have to give uh, MDS credit. That's a major upgrade on the flanks. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was excited when they signed him because I, I know him from following RSL closely. And I never never really saw him play for Fort Lauderdale, but I was really excited. I know he doesn't score a lot of goals, hmm. but he's, he's, he's a quick player and he's a very skilled player. So, so what do you guys think of Wiedemann? Um, I personally thought he looked a little bit lazy, um, not going to lie. And, like, I mean, there were some good plays by him, but he seemed to, in my mind, lack a little bit of commitment to, like, the, the play. And there was one play where he just kind of gave up, and I was, you know, a little surprised by that. Um, but hopefully, you know, he kind of gets the hang of this new league, new team, because um, it would be nice to see some goals from him, but... My first impression was not stellar. Yeah, the, I think the potential is there, and and we've seen what he he's done before. But this game, it, 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 there was a lot of people talking after the game. They expected more, and his name came up quite a few times when people were talking about performances they weren't mm-hmm. too keen on. So yeah, I noticed uh, he definitely he looks like he has a lot more pace than Hyman does, but. He didn't create a lot. He had a lot of shots, but they're just mostly at the goalkeeper. I think in the first, you know, first <clears throat> bit of the game, the Fury just kind of do the same thing they've they've always done is just kind of play long ball and they're playing long ball at him. And he's like, a that never works when there's Heinemann out there, and b he's not Heinemann, so he's not he's not six yeah. foot tall. He's not gonna get those balls. And we don't have to really, you know, we have our full healthy midfield, which we won't have next week, but. Mm. But say in week three we have our full healthy midfield, mm-hmm. 
there's no reason to play long ball. Yeah. And Powell Jr. and Hayworth had really good games. And, yeah, it would be nice to see something a little more from that position. Yeah. That's – so I don't know if there's much to add about this game. Um, <clears throat> Carolina looked good. Carolina's a good team playing one of the, you know, the top teams at home with the, be or the better home record that, uh, you know, considering the midfield we had and all the, all the first-time Fury players we had, especially in the back line, I think once we get people settled in, because we'll never know, we'll never know what DeSantos' uh, you know, plan was for De Guzman, whether to bring him in or not to, but he had to because he really had no choice. And De Guzman out there with, you know, a defenseman and a guy playing his first pro game. I mean, he did what he could do, but, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, we should hopefully when Ubi and Ryan come back, we could kind of, we can kind of gel. And yeah, get comfortable mm -hmm. with them because it'll be interesting to see. We have a lot of options in the midfield. It'll be interesting to see who we have the next five games who who gels and who doesn't so well put it behind us and we'll go go to next week mm -hmm. which will be atlanta silverbacks uh we'll get into that and we have a bunch of other news from around the league and other things to talk about and listener questions lots of listener questions this week so we better get to it we'll mm -hmm. be right back after this My name is Phil Davies. You're listening to Ours is the Furry. Welcome back, and uh, thanks, Phil. Hope you're feeling better and going to be ready this season sometime. Hope that arm heals. <laughs> hope, it, hope, hope it's healing well. Uh, so we have a new TV deal, which we talked about last week, uh, but we didn't actually get to see any games until this week. Um, just wondering what everyone thought of the quality and compared to last year and things like that. I thought uh, <clears throat> the Fury game was decent. It was a, there was like a funny 10 minutes or first five, 10 minutes where the camera guy was kind of right. maybe having a seizure of some sort. Yeah, he was, zoom he was zooming in like really tight whenever yeah. a player had a ball and you couldn't see the play or... <laughs> like yeah. right on the ball. And I was like, I, don't, I can't see what's <laughs> happening. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's one point where the ball went one way and the camera went the other yeah. way and <laughs> he lost it. <laughs> So that was Atlanta's feed, though, right? Carolina, well. Or sorry, Carolina's feed, and we were just, uh, like, Rogers was just doing commentary over it, right? I believe so. I, I don't remember hearing any commentary at the bar, to be honest with you. Yeah. And what's on YouTube now is the Carolina commentary. Commentary. Okay. It's missing 13 minutes, apparently, the YouTube channel for when? people watching on autofuryfc.com didn't get it until the first 13 minutes so the so the first 13 minutes of the game is lost, is lost forever forever Aww. so uh, <laughs> wow um see i watched some some of the other games i watched the jacksonville game against edmonton and that that was that was a pro production it was like but is that because that's like the jacksonville Feed yeah, or, it's a, okay. yeah, the Jacksonville station, and and also I watched it on uh, using the TSN Go app, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it worked fine. 
didn't freeze. Uh, it was a little scary logging in to TSN Go. There was no mention of the game until like 10 minutes before the game, and then Link appeared. Things like that were, were a little worrying. But, yeah, it looked great. Um, the commentary was great. Everything was great. Um, you actually would play that. You play that, and you play, like, an MLS game on, like, I don't know, Comcast or something, and it, it, it looked the same, if not better, the Jacksonville game looked better. So, And I also watched a bit of uh, the Fort Lauderdale New York Cosmos game, which is One World Sports does it for the New York Cosmos, and that looked amazing as well. So that was good. So those two games were both on TSN Go, but the problem I had was I wanted to watch the Atlanta game yesterday, and I was unable to do so. Yeah, I don't have TSN Go, so I'm going to have trouble watching a game that's not either Edmonton or Ottawa this year. Yeah, and well, they're not all on TSN Go, and you can't find them after the fact. It's the, uh, it's yeah. the worry I have. And last year, you were able to do that with uh, the NASL mm -hmm. Live. You could, like, it was terrible, and it was hard on the eyes and everything, and the resolution was not the best, but but you could watch the games after the fact. It was good probably for the players. There's one FC Edmonton player that actually tweeted out, like, how can I watch this game? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I want to see myself play. <laughs> and there's, like, FC Edmonton fans, like, showing them how VPNs work and things like that. So that was pretty interesting. But, yeah, so not... Not the perfect solution. Um, definitely upgrade quality-wise. Uh, Brand-wise, it's great. And apparently it's in other countries and all around the world. Like oh, that's yeah. good. Middle There's East. 75 other countries. 75 other countries. So, So, yeah. a league. Nice to have ESPN behind you. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, we'll start talking maybe about the other games that happened. Yeah. Uh, Tim, if you want to just run us through maybe scores and any major events that happened. Well, the opening weekend, we saw uh, Jacksonville Armada enter our league to uh, a record crowd of 16,164, breaking our old record, so we have yeah. no records left. No records for us. And they beat Edmonton 3-1, which is a bit surprising. Yeah, nobody predicted this. No. No, no. Everyone predicted FC Edmonton's on a, you know, win their road games and come back home for six games or whatever it is and dominate. Uh, they didn't look bad, FC Edmonton. No. Jacksonville just looked better. I just saw the highlights of this game, but I heard the refereeing was bad as well. Yes. Uh, off the start, there was some non-calls, actually. Should have been cards. It was kind of like the opposite of our game. And funny enough, the score was also 3-1. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but you got to give Jacksonville credit. Those those goals that they scored were nice goals. Mm -hmm. They're very pretty goals. Yeah, the first one was came in twelve seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds. Fastest goal in league history. Wow. Yeah. That's Jam the way to do it. Yeah, Jamel Johnson holds that record now. Yeah. Well, in modern NASL history. We had to wait like three and a half halves. <laughs> yeah. They waited they waited twelve seconds. Twelve seconds. Wow. Well good for them. I mean I thought um, Jacksonville would be lucky to come away with like a one one draw against Edmonton, but Good for them. Like they're a brand new team, first first game out of the out of the gate, and they win and you know get the fastest goal. So yeah, and totally. in the second half, the rain started coming down. Stadium emptied except for the supporters group section. <laughs> We're all still there and loud. So that's that was good to see. Uh, similar to the Minnesota la game last year, where the stadium emptied and there was just 
few yeah. hundred supporters left, mm -hmm. but it was it was raining pretty heavy, and there was lightning too. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's safe. <laughs> yeah. So, and what was uh, some of the other games? And Atlanta, who were playing this week, they tied Indy eleven in front of uh, you know four thousand seven hundred eleven people, but you know pretty decent considering the, the, what Atlanta's been through the league, taking over their team. They have not known even even if they'd had a team. You know, months prior to the start of the season. Right. Yeah, it was it was a good crowd. Um, apparently, a lot of indie supporters made the trip. Mm. Uh, I was told by one of the Atlanta supporters that the indie supporters actually had a band in the crowd, right. and not like a band like Soundwave in Seattle, but like a rock and roll band <laughs> in the crowd. Wow. So that, that was pretty interesting. My but... uh, American geography is terrible. How far is Atlanta from Indy? Well, Indy's not far from us, so oh. it's it's a good it's a good distance. It's a good, good solid ten hour drive. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. So huge props to the Indy Eleven fans who Seriously. made the trek. That's great. Yeah, and Atlanta falls short of the win. Gave up a penalty. I didn't see the penalty at all, but gave up a ninetieth minute penalty to yeah. tie it. That hurts, and. Uh, Two more games that happened with Fort Lauderdale fell to the Cosmos. I think we all saw this coming. Yep, Rule makes his uh, NHL debut, plays 53 minutes. Yeah, so that's not bad, 53 minutes. Yeah. That's longer than I expected him to be out there. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah, they drew um, Fort Lauderdale, strike a record of almost 12,000 people, 11,691. So, uh, yeah, so... Something's happening in Florida, right? The Ronaldo effect, I guess. Yeah, and Kaka and Orlando. Ronaldo with uh, the strikers. And uh, Tampa Bay has been putting a lot of money into mm -hmm. their team. Stadium upgrade. A new bar. It's always important oh, for a soccer yes. team, right? <laughs> new training facilities. So, yeah. Speaking of the Rowdies, they, uh, another surprise. They, they go into San Antonio. Yep. And they win 3-1. Eat the champs. Did not expect that. I actually watched a lot of this game. Um, watched Adekora play. He did not look good. <laughs> oh, no. No, he, he was actually maybe one of the... He didn't, he didn't look like he was in the game. Yeah. So I think you could say one of the Tampa goals was directly his fault. But, yeah, another game with lots of fouls, you're saying. Yeah, nine yellows, one red. I didn't see the game, of course, because I... Don't have TSN go, but <laughs> yeah, another surprise. Another big crowd as well in San Antonio as there usually is. Yeah, you you were saying the attendance for uh, opening week was the highest in history, was it? Or yes, one of the higher ones? Forty four thousand four seventy nine, so the highest weekend of in NASL history. So that's pretty good. Um, a lot of people were, were uh, tweeting out the MLS attendances. And if I was saying, if you take out Seattle's uh, forty-four thousand game, it's not that much higher. I think um, I think the Jacksonville game outdrew two MLS games. Yeah, it outdrew game. the Colorado Rapids game for sure. And I think believe the Chicago. And I think the Fort Lauderdale game outdrew the Colorado Rapids as well. And uh, it was the home opener for Colorado too. Right. Right? So, yeah. It's it's good to see, like, you know. Seems like the NASL is getting a little bit more uh, out there 
like I just met some a guy from Brazil who just arrived in Canada and he commented on my Ottawa Fury scarf and he was like oh yeah the Fury and I was like whoa wow you're from Brazil and you know what's going on he's like yeah NASL yeah Tampa Bay yeah he was he was quite yeah knowledgeable about it and it kind of surprised me a little bit but yeah it'd be good, good. To get past this like Pelly used to play here 300 years ago <laughs> that was not mentioned by him yeah actually and so that's that's good and I think that's what needs to be happen for the league to get taken seriously around the world and of course ESPN being in so many countries around the world too helps a lot yeah Raul and Senna and Cleverson and all those guys yeah they do a lot to help spread you know the NSL around a lot of a lot of international players this year so uh, not even not always like the big names too there's a lot of mm -hmm. players that just you know played 10 years back in Holland and now they play mm -hmm. for Atlanta for yeah. example so yeah. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and then uh, we'll come back. We're going to hit a million listener questions. You can find us on Twitter at Ottawa Fury or email us at OursIsTheFuryPodcast at gmail.com. So every week we like to ask a listener question and we also take questions from the listener and we really appreciate all the questions that come in. It's, uh, it's always fun. Always nice to see the different angles. Uh, so this week we ask, so what are everyone's thoughts on the game Saturday? Ooh. So first of all, first response was from uh, Juice, who is at JuiceNGS. Um, and he or she, I guess, I can't tell from the profile picture, says, neutral opinion, result was unfair for how the Fury played, which I agree with, um, looked strong at times, goals just didn't fall their way, or refereeing. Yeah, pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. um, the next uh, thing came from Daniel Eugene, and he said, great attacking play from the Fury, also agree, finishing was missing, um, JDG went down expecting a superstar call on the last goal. Discuss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't there. And I saw it from the TV, but I saw it a bunch of times, and he definitely was fouled. Yeah, I don't think it was a dive at all. Um, I Maybe you're asking the wrong person, but he doesn't do that. Yeah. I haven't, he doesn't do, and he doesn't have that attitude. The so, thing, the thing that got me when I watched the replay over and over and over again, was that the fowler stops and walks back. Oh. While the play is going on, expecting there to be a call. Yeah. And sure everyone, every, everyone else oh, everyone kind of stopped. stopped and was like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna have a call," but. Yeah. Which you really should do, but. But I totally agree with Daniel in, in the sense that you should always play to the whistle. So even if you do get fouled, get up and like get yep. the ball back, whatever, yeah. like just play to the whistle. So. Yeah. Uh, next, we have our faithful listener, Namu. Um, he said the players were playing out of position and it showed, which, I mean, we had some unfortunate, you know, injuries and, and uh, suspensions and things like that. But he also said one of the debutantes uh, had a shocker. Paolo Jr. and Richter looked great. So I think I could agree with that. Yeah, Paolo Jr., probably a better player of the Fury last. And that game, Richter had, had a good game. 
I believe he's referring to Colin, Colin Falvey. He didn't have a very good game, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, as far as playing out of position, I thought, like, like in the game, players were playing out of position, too. Like, Becky was on the wrong side some of the times, and um, a bit of the tracking and marking was a little scary at times, so... Uh, hopefully that gets cleaned up for this weekend. Um, then Tajik um, came, jumped in and said, I have to keep the ball moving forward. Midfield seems weaker than the rest. Some strong finishers. Pizer was on point, which he was. He made some stellar saves. Yeah, we didn't mention that before, but Pizer, really good game. Yeah, we can't, we can't blame him for any of the goals, I don't think. Mm -hmm. like nothing... Nothing uh, terrible. The penalty, he didn't have much of a chance mm -hmm. on. It was one wonderfully struck, so. Um, and then CSO, who is DJ CSO, I'm not sure his name, sorry, but uh, CS. Um, he said, the midfield needs work. Um, play to the whistle in any sports. Hashtag refs. Yeah. Yeah, midfield, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was a, the, you know, we played what we, sh we could. Agreed. Play the whistle, yep. <laughs> Agreed. Generally agree. Um, Matt Bafia said, if the NASL wants to be taken seriously, they need to get some better officiating. Not worried about the Fury, only one game. Yeah, you got to put it behind you. You can't just dwell on this. And you can't have this attitude, like, poor us, whenever we go down to the States. It's going to be talked about on this podcast every single week, the referee. More was it last year? Was it? It was mostly. It was either NASL Live or the refereeing. <laughs> yeah. Basically the major, the major talking points <laughs> of that week. Yeah. But sometimes you get good referees. Sometimes you get better referees. Sometimes you get good referees who have bad days. Yeah, someone was asking uh, on Twitter, do, the, do we get like lower refs because we're a lower league? Like, I guess the ref for our game is usually the fourth official in MLS games, and he's never refed an MLS game. He's only refed... NASL I games? think for the most part, the MLS gets the quote-unquote better refs or more, more veteran refs, but I think there is some mixing. Like, when you become a ref, you have to start at the bottom and work your way up. So, yeah, they we would have lower-level lower, lower level refs. And, then. And, and when they play in Canada, they have mostly mm -hmm. Canadian refs, right, similar to... Yeah, there is some switching works. I think it's a Geiger, the, the American ref that ref the World Cup last year. Right. He was, I think he was on the... Striker San Antonio game, so there is some mixing. Okay. So you're not always gonna get the bottom of the barrel guys. Right. Cool, cool. <laughs> bottom of the barrel. <laughs> you hear that, refs? <laughs> yeah. And our, our last question. Uh, from Mark Lapointe said, uh, "Blaming the referee after the first game game of the season is not on for me." Also, what would Oh no Verheyen say about preseason injuries? Sorry about that pronunciation. <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone's talking about the ref, so yeah, it was yeah major talking point. You know, Guzman, our star player, is not playing next next week because essentially because of it. Yeah, but it's the NHL. It's gonna happen. Right, and we never really said what like happened when De Guzman got fouled. He went to the ground, apparently said something to the referee, got a yellow card. And then what happened? And apparently he grabbed his arm. He grabbed the referee's arm, and that's when he was shown the red. Yeah, straight red. So, 
he'll be missing in Atlanta. But yeah, he can't really grab a ref. That's much. However, however bad he is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we also uh, have the listeners ask us questions, which we 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 try to answer as many as we can. So you send them at at Ottawa Fury. What were some of those questions? Uh, Drew in Ottawa. Thoughts on choice of penalty taker against Carolina. Becky's foul of penalty. JDG, JDG fouled at midfield. Positives from the game. Kind of answered everything there already, but maybe we can touch on some of the positives. Yeah. Uh, Paolo Jr. was good. They did, for a long stretch in the second, look like the much better team. And even right at the first... Uh the first couple plays looked pretty good and I mean for only for such a high turnover and for such a you know a lot of new guys starting it they seemed to you know kind of know where each other were so that's that's a positive I thought the passing looked better this year there were turnovers but not as horrible turnovers as there were every game last year first game of the season I think they looked a lot more skilled than they did even at the end of the season last year so uh, that's some positives, and I think we have one of the best keepers in the league, and maybe one of the mm-hmm. top four managers in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's some positives. Pull back, and I think they'll. A lot of guys are coming back next week. And Alves is super tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're a big back line, which we did not have last year. And uh, Horgan Joe asks. Would you rather fight one Heinemann-sized Randolph or 100 Randolph-sized Heinemanns? <laughs> That's a good question. I think one Heinemann-sized Randolph because he wouldn't be quite so fast. So he'd be tall, but like... But not quite so fast. Right. Yeah, I don't think 100 Randolph-sized Heinemanns. No. Yeah. It's a lot of hair. It's a lot of hair. <laughs> it's a lot of bones. And uh, Namu asks, was a preseason scatter of USL and NCAA teams too weak of preparation for NESL season? Yeah, that was a concern I had all, was that we're playing all these university teams and then we go play Carolina and then a newly reformed Atlanta. Um some, you know, Carolina had a short preseason, and they did the same thing. They played university teams, and Atlanta had, like, a three-week preseason, and they, didn't, they signed some, like, ten players in the last two weeks, and they played university teams. So I don't know if we can use that as an excuse against these two teams. I guess against Tampa, Minnesota, New York, you could say, yeah, we should be playing better teams before, you know, playing them, but we are. But then, like, FC Edmonton went down to Florida, I believe, and they did, like, a there for two weeks round robin with, like, you know, um, Fort Lauderdale and Tampa Bay and Jacksonville, maybe? I don't remember. There, I, there was four teams that kind of got together and had, like, a little mini tournament, which yeah. I think would be ideal. Yeah, and it's good for knowing your opposition, too. But Yeah, I, th- I felt that... When we got down one nothing and then later two nothing, that the games that we did play were and we're like, yeah, we won them all, or we or did lose, we were four and one, or whatever it was. It didn't. We didn't get to practice when we were behind. We didn't get to practice adversity against you know, a good team. 
Yeah, maybe like playing a team like FC Montreal is uh, has to be a cakewalk compared to playing mm-hmm. Carolina Railhawks, um, and even TFC Academy, or TFC Two, sorry, uh, which is probably a lot better team than FC Montreal. Uh, still would be pretty easy compared to mm-hmm. Carolina. So yeah, I think they could have played better. I think next year maybe something they would look at. And uh, Daniel Eugene asks, last week's performance, where would you scale it within Fury's all-time performances? Would you take a season of playing like so? Hmm. Full season? No. No. I I think this team's better than what they showed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a lot better than what they showed. Yeah, I mean, if you play a season like that, you're going to win. You're going to lose most of your games. There were some positives, but I think Carolina was... Uh, by far the better team, and Carolina is not one of the top teams, as far as I'm concerned, in the, in the NESL. And where I would scale it within the Fury's all-time performances, I don't know. Middle? Yeah, middle to lower. Yeah. To lower middle, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like when we beat Carolina at home last year, 4-0. It wasn't, wasn't that kind of game, so. Yeah. And uh, Jane Bridges asks, which player, if any, do you think is the least likely to be with the team all year? What a nasty, nasty question. <laughs> it's quite yeah. the question for just after the first uh, After the first game. Of the official season. And we just got all these But he said guys. if any. If any. So, he's no. Giving, he's giving you an out. I guess. It's hard to say after one game. Yeah, one game... Because not everybody that's on the team has even played yet. Like, we still had all these those guys that were injured, that not being able to play, and suspensions, you yeah. know, not being able to play. Do we even use all three subs? I think we only use two subs. Two subs, yeah. Yeah, so it's not a lot of luck. Yeah. Um, uh, if I was going to choose a player if I had to, I'd probably say, unfortunately, Nicky Patterson. But he didn't even play, though. It's not really fair to Nicky. It's true, but I... Based on but, but, last get, year. but just to answer the question. Okay. Um, <laughs> but just to answer the question, I think we'd probably look to bring in a, a foreign. He's probably. But he counts as a domestic because he went to college in yeah, the states. He's, he's what? a foreign. He's a foreign player. He's foreign yeah. Player. But didn't he go to college in the states for four yeah, years? Yeah, but he's Scottish. Okay, I thought you counted as domestic. Listeners. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. No. But um. I'm gonna say Wiedemann's kind of like in the hot seat with a lot of the fans uh, the first week. I think they're expecting a lot more. So I'm just gonna say him, but like you can't just go by one game. So, but just to give an answer, I guess I'll say Wiedemann. I'm not giving an answer. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking the fifth. She's taking the fifth. <laughs> and uh, last one, Daniel Jean asks again if you could upgrade one position. Which one would it be? You could upgrade one position. Well, oh. we kind of did upgrade like the whole back line. I get the world's greatest striker. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get Zlatan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look, look at look at Orlando. They're a horrible team, and they have one good player, Kaka, hmm. and it just changes the whole attack of that team. If you take Kaka out of that team, that team's like worse than the Chicago Fire. So, yeah, if we can get a player up front like that, like 
Yeah, if we could get cut, no, but you know what I mean, like a really good striker or a really good attacking yeah. player, that's what I would. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And that's it. That's it. So uh, we're just going to take a really quick break and come back and talk about this weekend's game against the Atlanta Silverbacks. Arza Sefiri is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. And now it's that time of the show where we preview the next game for the Ottawa Fury, which happens to be away in Atlanta against the Silverbacks. What are we thinking for this one? I'm thinking it's going to be a harder game than it, it looks on paper. I'm thinking Atlanta is a whole new team. Uh, this is not the Silverbacks we saw last year. Actually, I don't even know how many, maybe two or three of the same players. They're completely retooled. Uh, they're no longer coached by Skype. Oh, (laughs) which they were at the start of last season. Um, Yeah, really worried about their manager Gary Smith. Uh, Deaf, proven manager, won an MLS Cup with the Colorado Rapids. Uh, This team's new together, and every week I think they'll be stronger. Yeah, they they tied Indies. Indies a pretty good team as well. Tied them at home, and they almost won that game if it wasn't for the penalty in the ninth minute. They got some like really good players. Like, yeah, I, I see Atlanta coming mid table this year. There's no way they'll be eleventh. There's no way. Um, they've really tooled up a lot of players. So, one that I'm really worried about, and I said Shipolani last week. Let's hope I'm not right this week again. Um, a little worried about Hans Dennison. Big mean guy up front. Mm-hmm. He's like their number ten. Probably the biggest signing they made. You know, offseason, lots of NASL experience from Holland. I, th- I think he got 16 or 18 goals one NASL season. So, Yeah, he was with New York last year. He didn't play a lot because he was injured. Yeah, spent some time with San Antonio and believe the strikers as well. So. Yeah, I think well, Yeah, he was brought in. Another guy, Simon Mensing, like center back. Tons of Scottish Premier League experience. He's one of their top guys. Yeah, he's a... A little worried about him in the, in the back end. Hopefully uh, Oliver or Paulo can get around him. We'll mm. see. Uh, something for the Canadian fans they might be interested in is uh, hopefully he gets some playing time this week because his Kyle Porter, uh, formerly of D.C. United, plays with Atlanta. And uh, not getting a lot of attention Atlanta. I don't know if they know who he is or what, but be be nice to see him this weekend. Yeah, and the guy I was told to look out for, a younger player, was... John Okafor apparently had a, a stellar preseason and he started last week and apparently wears like throwback short shorts. So. Oh, wow. Something Fancy. hopefully will be easy to pick him out next week. So what I, what I noticed about looking through this lineup is a lot of former MLS players, a lot of players with uh, Division One experience in other leagues and, uh, and a lot of strong NASL players, players that went normally see the time um, because they're behind like say someone like Michael Reed the Minnesota United player mm-hmm. a really good player but you know there's so many good players ahead of him Ibarra and mm-hmm. Ramirez and stuff in Minnesota so if he starts getting the minutes in Atlanta it can do some damage too so there's a lot of players to watch they got some good keepers I th- who do you think will be starting this week do you think it'll be Stuart Sayas or I think C.J. Cochran, from all, from all accounts, he had a really, really strong game against Indy. 
And he's huge. He's 6'4". Yeah. And uh, he was a NCAA uh, star keeper. He won all these awards. So, so yeah, if, you, if there's one thing you can kind of say negative about the Silverbacks is they're after, like, all those players we just kind of listed, they're kind of thin. Yeah, and, and they're new together. Yeah. Like, they seriously haven't even been together three weeks, most of this team. So that's... But we're kind of in the same situation. Yeah. We do they'll, have our core, but... They'll, have, they'll kind of have the advantage of being at home last week and this week and have doing no travel where Ottawa goes from Carolina back to Ottawa back down to Atlanta again. And uh, who knows who's going to be who's going to be healthy for that. DeGuzman's definitely out. Davies is definitely out, but everyone else I, I haven't heard any updates on. What do you think the chances of us seeing uh, Ottawa Fury product, Academy product, Mohamed Dagnago? Sorry, Dagnago. i got to learn how to say his name. Uh, very rare. Very rare, Will Trafford be uh, on the bench, or will he be starting? I would like to see Trafford play. I think I thought Trafford should have started last game over Falvey. Yeah. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I thought that starting three defensemen who were making their Fury debuts, is, is especially in front of that midfield, where it's all kind of all over the place. I think I think a guy like Trafford, who's solid, could have really really helped. Yeah, just seeing Elvis and Trafford together with, yeah, you can see that. Mm-hmm. So and Randolph, he'll be excited to be playing back in Atlanta. Yep. Maybe, maybe he has a chip on his shoulder, or maybe he'll just be happy to see some familiar faces. Yeah, Brandon Polchonieri as well. Came from Atlanta last year. Does he get a start now? You got a goal. Oh, you have to. It, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Porter from Montreal, right? It's not that big of a goal, of course, <laughs> not, but he's kind of like everyone's favorite all of a mm-hmm. sudden. So, yeah. But I'm very excited to see if like, Oliver's back because it's just suspension he's not injured, but the Oliver Paolo Jr. I'd like really like to see those guys. Well, we saw them in the preseason, both yeah. on the field at the same time, mm-hmm. and to see that much speed on each side of the field. Because I found a lot of times last year, especially late on when Oliver was kind of a known product at the defense would kind of shift over to Oliver's side to kind of, to kind of you know, block him off. But with Paolo Jr. there, they can't really do that. They can't leave him open that. So, right, and we put of, pressure on their defense too, right? Like mm-hmm. it makes them run. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they go. Striker, if they go Heineman or Wiedemann. I think I'd like. I think I'd rather see Wiedemann. I know he had. A, he didn't have the greatest game, but I, I think, you throw him back out there. Just like show me what you can do now. Yeah. What, just a little, just, just to think about, what if we had Dantas in the middle? I know he's no longer with us, he's with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, but what if you had Dantas in the middle with Oliver and uh, Junior on Gary. the wings? Wouldn't that be amazing? That's... Yeah, I did a Q&A back and forth. It'll be up on my blog this week with the Atlanta guy, and he asked me who was the biggest loss, and I said, Dantas, I don't. I mean, he didn't score as much as he'd want from that position, but I think he's probably one of the best passers on that team and led the team in assists, and I think it's really going to really gonna miss that. Yeah, it's uh, he's doing well in Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah. you know maybe we'll see him back up here. Yeah, nice he's thing, definitely NESL worthy. 
So do we have any predictions for a final score? Being the eternal optimist, I'm gonna say Fury 2, Atlanta 1. Well, road win, okay. I'm gonna say Fury 1, Silver Rat 0. Wow, and I'm gonna be the negative Nancy and say uh, <laughs> say a 1-1 one, one draw. That's still, that's still a game. Which, okay, I, which I would consider a good result. Mm. Especially on the road, second road, road game of the season. Yeah, but one point out of a possible six, not probably the best. But we'll see. Uh, the game is this Saturday. I think this one's a three o'clock start. No, it's a seven. seven. It's a nighter. Seven. It's a nighter. Ooh. Which will be interesting to see uh, how that goes in the bars against uh, NHL hockey with... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The official Fury Watch Party is at the Heart and Crown on Preston. So uh, if you are in the area, or even if you're not, just go to the Heart and Crown Preston and uh, hang out with other Fury fans, and and watch the game. Have some have some alcohol, some beer. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not in the Ottawa area, but you're listening to this podcast, all the games are streamed live on OttawaFuryFC.com, and they're on the radio as well. Yep. Team twelve hundred. Team 1200. And they will be on Rogers 22. Rogers 22. If you're, and, you know, I even search for it if you have Rogers television and you live elsewhere in Canada because sometimes you get the, the local mm. sports programming on some of the higher sports channels there. So it'll be good. Uh, so I think that's it for this week. Yep, that's it. Uh, thank you, for everyone, for listening. Remember to send us uh, your questions at Ottawa Fury on Twitter. Or you can send them to our email, which is ours is a fury podcast at gmail.com. We didn't have to check that. We know it. We really do. <laughs> I checked that today. So. <laughs> Longest email address ever. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Have a good weekend. Toodles. Bye. question this one from john eden at foosball a and he asks finally listen to the latest hours of the fury podcast because i am really sunburned and i need to stay inside and all you talk about is my sunburn <laughs> <laughs>